0: It is Sunday, April 26th, 2020. I am Ricky Berger, joined by David Helper and Shihan, my sensei from Framingham Aikikai, and Joe Birdsong Shihan from Akito of Austin. And this is Akito Perspectives. Welcome. Cue the music. Cue the music. Bye. That's it. We don't
1: have the music yet, huh? Yeah, where's Chris? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's getting better each time we hear it.
0: We have 40 questions uh, for two shihans, and we did an episode, uh, I think, two weeks ago, uh, and yeah, we, got two, through 14, yeah, we got through 14 questions. So, and uh, senseis, you have seen these questions in advance. Uh, uh, <laughs> so I apologize if any of them are too forward, uh, but uh, let's just start with the next question. There are no competitions or combative sparring in Aikido. Why?
1: You want to take that, David? Um, you know, it's funny. Uh,
2: I recently did this thing on Reddit, and that question came up. And just this morning, I was going to copy that because I was that was the most thinking I had done. Somebody asked that same question. Um, well. So I was trying to remember what I said because I actually thought about that for a while at that point. Um, I think that uh, in Aikido training, you, you build the same uh, qualities that you get from competition or sparring, but you are training in a slightly different mode that overall I think is mm, uh, very healthful. Um, so both, uh, physically and, uh, interpersonally. So at the end of the day, um, uh, I think you, you wind up with the same skills, but in Aikido, you kind of get at them coming around the bend, but I feel like that's good because it's good not to encourage people to be going against each other. Um, and, um, you know, focusing so much on one contest. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's just a little. It has a little bit different perspective, and I I kind of feel like overall, it's certainly just as good. And I think if you get jumped in an alley, an Aikido person who's trained a lot will be just as able to deal with that as a UFC fighter. Mm. Wow,
1: Joe Sensei, I think that that. O oh, Sensei wanted us, first of all, not to compete. So, to start, to start where this first came from, was O oh, Sensei didn't want us to compete. But at the same time, if you look at his requirements and and uh, the history of early Aikido before World War II, uh, you will find that that they had hell gyms where you had to be a fifth on, uh, fifth degree black belt. Uh, two recommendations, personal recommendations, before you can even come into a, into the martial art. Uh, and when you were there, the reason for hell gym was because they beat the hell out of one another and they worked hard. And and so it was. But the idea of com- competition was something. That was brought forward when judo was being taught, and jujitsu was being rescued by judo, and that was the common that was the common activity, sports. But o-, o Sensei would argue that you can't beat someone up and be better. That doesn't make you better. So he he speaks from a from a non-physical but a a kind of a mental and and then ultimately spiritual point of view
2: i think that's i think that's really important because o sensei was he was very strong in martial arts right but what he wanted to do was make some spiritual breakthrough so that martial arts you know was um doing what at root it was supposed to do, which was to eliminate enemies by bringing everybody together, like in a family.
0: Right. And so that was Osensei's message. Did Osensei talk about the fact that, you know, if, if you're in a combative situation, uh, if you win, you've hurt the other person and that doesn't make you feel good. And if you lose, <laughs> you got, you got hurt or you lost and that doesn't make you feel good. So you sort of can't win in that environment.
2: That was my line, Naruto Sensei's. That was your line. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad. I'm
1: glad to be mistaken for a Sensei. <laughs> You're starting to look a lot, little bit like him, David. <laughs> yeah, I know. Old.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> How you told me that?
2: Well, I, 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 I've expressed it that way. You know, I think that's yeah. a good way of looking at. it. But I mean, Osensei was coming from a very like elevated. I think, spiritual perspective, and he was coming out of a, you know, certainly at that time, like, people in Japan who had vision knew that what was going on in the country was going to be, was end in the total destruction of the country, and, you know, obviously, uh, you know, martial, all their martial arts hadn't done much about that, so, yeah. That, yeah. you know, there was something missing, and and what it was is, like, understanding that it's about peace and love, basically. Right, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, yeah it's well, like, you know, that's what you should spend your time on. So you but you want to do a fighting art, then do it in this mode where the relationships and everything are harmonious.
0: With your friends that you practiced hard that you practice hard with and enjoy. Well,
1: yeah, and and you can also would just say that that when you are practicing with with a friend or Sensei Tohei Sensei would say, Well, you don't have to be friends, you have to be friendly. Oh. So and, and so that doesn't mean that you weren't becoming friends, but you have to be friendly when you're training. And, and through co- cooperation, David and I could cooperate cooperatively train harder than either one of us would want to train with one another <laughs> uh, because we allow one, we allow ourselves to be taken and, and moved. And we, we don't resist one another. So we ultimately can practice harder and stronger than what we would or what we might be able to do in a competitive mode. Where in competitive mode, yes, the idea is you're, you don't know what your partners are doing, you don't know this, you don't know you're responding. But in, but in all cases, everybody has to be in shape, you know, everybody has to have enough breath to take take on how long it's going to take to do anything. So how do you, uh, people that even do com- competitive stuff, practice commu- cooperatively before they go to go to uh, competing with one another? That's
2: a very good point. Like boxing has sparring, right? And sparring, right. you're not trying to Uh, you're not fighting the same way or maybe you are when you spar like in in boxing are you doing it the same way like with the same killer thing as you do in real in the real fight
0: it's dialed back so i mean you can watch classic mike tyson sparring sessions from back in the day um against great boxers and he's dialed back they're dialed back right Uh, so it's more it's it's interesting it's more cooperative That's a very, very good point. Yeah, that's very interesting.
2: And that seems to indicate that they think that type of training does help them when they get to the fight, right?
0: Yeah, well, I watched uh, a series of sparring um, sessions with Mike Tyson just a month or so ago, uh, talking about a certain technique um, with a uh, in an overhead overhead right where his head dipped while he threw it that later turned into knockouts, and it looked very interesting but sort of a little silly while sparring. Mm. But then you cut to the real fights, Mm. and oh my god, you know he was knocking people out with it. So so yeah that that's a i never thought of it that way that's a very very interesting point which leads to the next thing i that 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 lots of people um who uh uh are say are, that that are negative or down on keto say well look keto can't work because you're not pressure testing so if you're not pressure testing you're not you don't know if the techniques will work and you're not gonna be ready when uh, it gets very serious in the street. Uh, and that question, it just always comes up, you know, and I'm not even sure what anyone means by pressure testing, but that's sort of, that's, I don't know, how do you deal with that?
1: There's a lot of people that are, that are uh, of that category. They see Aikido, soft movements and people cooperating and f- having friendly conversations in- before and after class and sometimes even between in class but but they they read that as that they read that passivity or they they read that uh that har- harmonious movement that harmony as weak and it's just not it's just not uh you're training hard you're training you're you're training with different people. You you psychologically you get caught and grabbed, and you can make all kinds of things up. And when you're in the beginning stages of Aikido, uh, you you've got to prove something. As you train, you prove it by doing it, and and whether you, whether I've and I've asked someone, oh, kick me, and they've kicked me, and I've been kicked. <laughs> it's like, well, maybe maybe I One should. One time you ask, were kicked in
2: a very famous
1: incident. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. But but, uh, but uh, I didn't get kicked the second time. You know, if the, if I ask somebody to kick me and they kick me, then okay, I've never been kicked like that. And say, do that again okay well then i could avoid it i could see it coming but you know you 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 have to you, you have to train you have to practice there's always going to be someone either in the dojo or outside of the dojo that's going to be stronger than you so it, it's not about i have to be better than anybody i have to be more prepared um, it's Come and enjoy yourself, and practice, and have a deep interest in this. Uh, if you want to just buy something, buy a gun, if that you know, and then people will say, well, they'll take that gun away from you and shoot you. And maybe statistically, that's true or not. I don't know. I
2: don't but, think it is statistically true.
1: Yeah. So maybe you should you know keep a gun keep a gun handy if you if we go into some dystopian uh, crazy crazy scene.
2: I mean, you you know, another, (laughs) another, I think that it's, I think it's a really good topic, you know, for anybody who's in martial arts to, to, you know, have to deal with uh, Aikido, they can just like blow it away and say, Oh, you know, it doesn't work and all that. And I don't want to get caught up in that discussion. It's more interesting to like, think about it. Like already we've uncovered things about training, say in boxing that are similar. So, you know i i think you have to get away from like these these it's either this or that it's either bullshit or it really works or you know it that's just not the way you want to approach it
0: right um, it's, it's a very common way for lots of people in the martial arts to approach it with every kind of art my right. my style is better than your style you see in all the kung fu movies and yeah
2: and yeah and i think, I think those I are think movies it's really important to avoid know. that you know that's the thing there, there's no there's no resolution on that level, you know, but, you know, you just have to keep looking at the whole thing in different ways. Like, for example, how about this? Um, when, uh, if you lived 300 years ago in Japan, uh, it would be very common to have to fight with a sword. And, you know, uh, if you wanted to survive, you had to know how to use swords and maybe other martial arts. Right. But, yeah. right. but today, statistically, it's not. So that means, you know, so, you know, it doesn't have that practical value came out of it. But what's interesting about Aikido is Aikido prepares you as well to deal with like interpersonal conflicts that today are the common way that people, you know, have their duels.
0: Right. Right. So that's so, uh, the question. Why do any of us do whatever it is we do whether you're studying Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or Aikido or Kempo or Taekwondo, you know, w- why? Why do you walk into the dojo? What do you want to achieve in your
2: life? With- exactly. That, I think that's it. I think that's it and uh that's a good way of putting it.
1: So and what and what O Sensei is oh, is offering us is saying you don't have to Know and understand and and love the old martial ways of Japan. In terms of what style you take, he says, you need to bring forward this the spirit that grew, they grew out of, the everyday training, the rigorous training, that was required to perfect that, and right. to and to master that work, and so. Bringing that forward, we're doing what we're doing, trying to keep that, that spirit alive, not so much a, a particular school of thought or a school of uh, martial arts.
0: And O'Sensei is basically saying, and let's do this and be one family.
1: Right. Sort of, that's the essence of
0: that message, isn't it?
2: So how do we perfect those kind of arts while still staying a family? Yeah. And, and, and therefore this kind of training you can do that
1: and what we were speaking about before was we have we have this art that is called you know uh, harmony with key as the way of life and key is love and spirit and harmony is also a love and spirit and yet there were many people that left O sensei and started their own thing there were people that brought Aikido to the United States and all around the world, and within those, within that that uh, grouping, within the within Japan as well as uh, out of Japan, groups have fallen apart. So we have this thing called harmony, bring together, and yet there are so many different, different uh, federation, different groups that 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 come and that is i think the example of trying to get back to beginner's mind get that ego out of my my practice is better than your practice if i'm practicing as my age group would practice i'm practicing a little bit slower than the group that's 30 years old as long as i'm practicing i'm doing i'm doing what i'm supposed to do
0: yeah Wow. No. Yeah. That's um, great. That's great. Sensei, David, sensei.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's so many, there's so many ways to look at this thing but, but and all of them are really deep, you yeah. know,
0: I love um, it. Let me, let me switch the question a little bit in your mind, senseis. Tell me the difference between these sports fighters, these cage fighters. And I say that with, you know, respect to those guys, Um, and martial artist. Is there a difference between the sports fighter, the cage fighter, and a martial artist with respect to those elements themselves?
2: Well, classically, uh, if there are rules, it's not martial arts. Martial arts is like anything goes. So that's the difference between a sport and a martial art. And that's why uh, you know really fighting... I guess martial arts isn't the right term, but if you're if there's fighting where there's no rules, or there's like, you know, uh, match having matches or competing or cooperating or exercising together, whatever you want, in other ways. And so, yeah, so that I think that would be a classic approach to look. That would be a classical way to look at it. Um, so, um, you know, a- any set of rules you set up, uh, people are, if there's, if people are incentivized to win in that, within that set of rules, they study it and they optimize. And then this thing, if I, I think in UFC, right, have, haven't the, the different styles dominated at different times? Yes. That's and exactly. then, then their period of dominance comes to an end and something else. Yes. Right. Yeah. And that's, so that's, that's how that would go in that situation, right? So and that will keep evolving and people will keep adapting to what each other are doing.
0: Yeah. And, and and the rules that prohibit you from what you can't do eliminate the introduction of certain martial arts techniques from other styles because, you know, you can't do this. You can't do that.
2: Yeah, so, no gun. You can't bring a gun into the cage. Right. Yeah. Or a knife.
0: Yeah. You can't you can't bring either. Exactly. Exactly. That's a very that's a very good point. Yeah.
2: Um, the, the other thing is I wish some of these young guys who are doing this kind of training would do Aikido. Cause I think, uh, you know, at that, uh, starting at that age and wanting to do exercise that hard, they would get like an unbelievable training. I mean, I've, I've never seen an athlete come into an Aikido. Well, they see it doesn't, it can't happen. Like if you can take break falls for an hour nonstop, that's very good physical training. God, yeah. And I, but the thing is, you can't even do that unless you've practiced for a while. But I, I doubt any athlete could come in and just do that, even if they could physically take the falls.
0: Yeah. Let me ask this. So you start your journey as a, in the arts. Do you have to be a black belt to consider yourself a martial artist? <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> No. But I don't see, I'm asking, I know it's funny. I'm asking that question because I really don't know when you can say, you know, I study martial arts. I'm a martial artist. I love, I love what I'm studying. Do you have to reach
2: some level you, to say it? Or, why don't you just say I'm studying martial arts or I'm practicing martial arts or yeah, whatever is, it is you're doing.
0: Right. Instead yeah. of introducing your ego, like instead of my introducing my ego into yeah.
1: it. Instead of I am a martial artist. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's like, well, Going back to going back to the, the the sports and and then finally coming to an identity, I'm a martial artist. Um, the thing about sport is that it's an interactive thing, that interactive uh, activity that that uh, requires a winner and a loser. There's rules to it. There's 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 a winner and a loser. And what it pushes to me, it's a lot of lot of activities like like the sports is really a they focus on i need we need spectators so it's not an all-encompassing hey join us for a good a good bat you know good bashing at the octagon it's uh whereas aikido brings you in it brings everybody in it's it's not a it's not a sport that requires a winner and a loser it doesn't require athletic uh an athletic body It, it in fact Sometimes you wish you, you wish that people had athletic bodies, but they don't. They come in. They they I've had so many people come in and they don't know what they want. They don't know what they want. Uh, and I don't know if they're, you know David, I know, I'm sure that you've had people who are in their forties always say, Oh, i you know, all my life I've wanting to do Aikido. Mm. and then they come in and then they stay for like two weeks or a month and they go and it's like well all your life you want to do aikido and and so all you you invest uh two two weeks or a month in it and and that's it yeah and i i used to think of myself as oh uh i must have said something or i didn't do something i i didn't meet the expectations but now i understand that you have to that maybe 20 years isn't of just thinking about something isn't isn't enough to make you commit to something once you do it doing is so important
2: yeah exactly and 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 it's the hardest thing to do it's like it's hard to practice aikido you go to the dojo uh several times a week in the evening or blah, blah, blah. And then you you really, it takes a long time to really get it at all. And right. so you, especially at the beginning, you spend a lot of time confused and frustrated and, you know, and, you know, people have all kinds of different issues. Um, right. And uh, uh, so the, um, you don't really, well, I think uh, to me, like from my perspective, I, I see like someone gets a benefit from day one. I, I see it, but I don't think they see it at all. And yeah. so they're, they're getting no reward, you know, or, or something like that. So it just takes a long time to get to the right. first point where you think, oh, this is starting to make sense to me.
1: And uh, then you hit, and then you hit a, a certain stage before you get a black belt, Ricky, that you start doubting everything that you've ever done.
2: Or you should be anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh my gosh! And now I have to. You you can look ahead because the the test is on the pa- is on the wall, so you can see what the teacher is going to ask you, and maybe more, and and all of a sudden, you you're going to try to practice harder and 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 do better and and then you start doubting yourself, and and at that time a lot of people right before their black belt they leave they leave i've had oh, really? i've had another i've had numbers of well i won't say dozens but over the years people getting right there and then they walk away and and i don't know i don't know i haven't identified that that's something you have to go back and ask people but
2: yeah, I mean, we should do uh, rec- uh, exit interviews, but uh, yeah, we've tried that, but you, you don't get very good information. But, uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I think I think one thing about Aikido is that uh, you know it's like a sort of a little psychological laboratory, and over the years you see you know people passing through, and you know why they stay, why they leave, what they think when they start, you know, but. The, uh, I think the people that stick around and all you know, realize there's some spiritual um, uh, thing they get out of it. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, not coming from outside, but just sort of awakening something inside them. I don't know if it's by moving that way or working with people in that way, but uh, I think Aikido, like many you know, spiritual practices like meditation, kind of awaken something uh, inside you um, that, that starts to, you know, become, you know, you know, could grow. And, uh, you know, uh, I think that's amazing.
1: Yeah. And if you look, let me, let me just say, David, if you look at the process, Rick, if you, when you come in, just like, uh, David said, uh, it takes a long time to get, to be able to fall down, get up and all. So just think of all those years that you spent as a white belt uh, trying to figure out where your right foot is and where do you put this and how do you swing up this and how do you move just think as it evolves as it evolves you have less to think about let's say you now you know where to put your feet your body moves and all of a sudden 25 30 years later you're mo- you're moving without thinking as much and and more and more where you finally clear and you're just moving and you're not thinking, oh he's doing this to me or he's doing that. You're just you're just in the groove. You're you're in the zone. Right. And and so if you're thinking where my feet are, my hands are, my balance, all that, that's what a beginner does at a mastery level you're thinking less. You're 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 responding on a, a totally different or I think possibly an organic level with your with your partner, with your your attackers in, in the case of Aikido multiple attacks. And, and you're in the zone. Well you can get in the zone. It takes some time to get in the zone. I mean you can you can pop <laughs> in the zone. Idea. I don't know. He's I think that idea. I think well I think that uh, what that really means, if you think of the zone as, as a mind state, a state of mind. And where's that mind? Do you have that Zen mind? Uh, let me, you know, we, we talked about O-sensei and our teachers, and I wanted to speak about Mr. Tree. Mr. Tree, Dong Tree is his name. And he's, he started studying with uh, Nakazono-sensei in, in France. And then but before he did it was doing that, he was a third degree black belt in Judo. And he was also he was f- familiar with Vietnamese uh, martial arts because he had studied uh, Kung Fu as a, as a, chi- as a, a child, as a nine-year old. And so he had all these things, and he started Aikido. And then he was my first Aikido teacher. Mm. And he was, he was a, a fourth don by that time. But later on in his life, uh, we spoke, I he I was with him for nearly 27 years, and uh, he he said, I asked him, I said, Sensei, you do all these different martial arts, uh, how do you keep them separate? He, he says, I don't have to keep them separate. He says, I, it's all my same mind, it's the same mind, I don't. I, when I'm doing kung fu, it's the same mind, and so from that I gleaned. Whatever I do, it should be the same mind. And Tohei would, Sensei would say, "Hey Jo Shim, everyday mind. Hey Jo Shim, everyday mind." So when you think of you know strategies and all this kind of stuff with sports and games aikido allows you to let let go of that and practice with your partner you you can ask your partner to hold you as tight as you want to or as loose as you want to and you you have a dialogue of movement with your partner and when you have capacity then it should be fun i mean it's fun tumbling around just throwing stuff people around it's hard. It's hard to do. But if you have it in a loving sort of a way, you can do it very hard. I don't think I want to get bounced at my age. I don't want to get bounced on the ground because you're stronger than I am. <laughs> it's like, okay, I, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's another aspect of it, that in Aikido you could actually practice to an advanced age. And uh, right. a lot of other sports, your body gets wrecked, so you can't... Uh, you know, do a lot of things later, you know. And uh, I think that's why a lot of, uh, uh, one group of people that practice Aikido is people who have come from other martial arts and either found that, you know, it was breaking their body as they got right. older or just so lacked something. But I think you're right. I think it's the, that state of mind is the sort of secret of the martial arts, um, among other things, or one of the secrets of the martial arts. Let so, me, The question is then, if that's really what it is, how do you train yourself to get into that space?
0: Let me ask you to this question um, because I think uh, what you're saying may may fit within this with respect to keto. Is one of the aspects of the keto one of the beneficial aspects of the keto is that it's ego crushing? Uh, So it, it. It gets you away from, I need to be better than my friend who stands next to me. Um, I want to be as good as sensei. I want, I just, I, 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 I. As you develop, it sort of crushes that to where let's just practice and have a really good time.
2: Yeah. Um, You know, otherwise you're just caught in a cycle of winning and losing, right? Right. It's like, you know, in team sports, your teammates... The relationship you have with them is—that's another like sort of parallel, because, say in basketball, or, well in any sport, right? Uh, everybody works really hard to learn rules of the rules of engagement and what position they're supposed to be in at different times, and you know, learn all the different skills, and then you know they compete and there's winning and losing, and everybody likes that. But, you know, the thing that's really amazing in basketball is when a team gets on a roll as a team. And then when that happens, they just devastate the other team for some period of time.
0: Well, and- by way of analogy, because um, just what you said, uh, David Sensei, sparks this within me. So when a team works out and it's always practicing, right, it's practicing with each other to get ready for the big game.
1: Right. It's cooperating.
0: Yeah, right. So whether that's the NFL, whether the NBA, I don't, I don't care. Um, uh, but they are practicing and they're doing everything they need to do. They have all the skills necessary when it comes time for the big event. Okay. And the big event is the competitive event from an analogous perspective is a keto like that same team practice getting ready for a big event, which may never occur, which may, which may or may not occur.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, is that what it really is? I I, I think you've hit on something there. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's you. I just drew it out. It's you. <laughs> yeah. Um, this um, is so, yeah, so it's interesting, right? I mean, it, it just goes to the complexity of everything and how, you know, you can't just be, see things in blacks and white and everything. And, right. Um, you know, um, uh, so there's, there, I, I, think, I think it's something that is under discussion. And I think sort of at this point in the history of Aikido, that's, one of the things like people trying to figure out a little bit.
0: Well, we'll probably get comments on this discussion because this right on that line of.
2: Uh,
1: what, what was the original question, Rick? Well, the original question was.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do you need to be a black belt to be considered a martial artist? That's what right. started this. Okay. that's but you know with you two guys and i say that with love in my heart um you you guys are wonderful and you carry these discussions to different places that are magnificent and sometimes far afield. but let me bring it to this next question and this is a real for me as a white belt as a as a second cue um i really feel that i wrote this question i really feel this question and i mean this with no offense here we go on the mat There are those who take wonderful breakfalls, and then, well, there's me, or those trying to get to that place. Sometimes senseis, when demonstrating, say to class, just before doing a technique on uke requiring a breakfall, if you can take the ukemi, and then sensei throws hard. My question is, isn't ukemi ukemi regardless of whether or not you can take a big breakfall? Ukemi. Ukemi. Sorry, sensei.
2: No, not at all. I don't think so. I don't think, I think that the, it's not, there, there are uh, many uh, ukemi techniques and um, I think, uh, but the thing that makes any of them good is maintaining the connection with the opponent or with the nage in that case. Mm-hmm. So it's the connectedness and the, the way the power is transmitted from the nage to the uke that requires maintaining that contact. And that's the object. So if you have that connection and execute your ukemi in a, but while keeping that connection and receive, receiving that power, um, it's uh, which technique you use, which ukemi technique, or which type of fall, let's say, you use is secondary. Oh.
1: So let me take that a little bit further. So... if you're working with a partner and you're kind of you're concerned with with whether you can take the fall and you have the right as far as i'm concerned to say hey i'm i'm kind of concerned if i can't i can take the fall so if i'm a senior to you and and, and i say to you hey you want to work uh, on this fall that you can't take very well and you say yes okay i say okay let's do it so I know that you can take the you can take the fall at let's say the speed of two without crushing yourself. Right. So so I start moving you at about a half or a one. Okay? So I'm moving and I move myself and this. And then when you grab a hold of me, I make no resistance. I let you fill me up and throw me down and I can I stay connected to you I tell I, I do everything that Mr. David just said wait till you do whatever you're supposed to do as nage and I and I receive it until I have to fall and then I take whatever fall I I am capable of then I start saying hey okay so now I'm bringing you up to one one and a half you're feeling okay a little more confident now I'm going to take you up to 2. That's as fast as you can go. But when you take me, I'll even try to speed speed you up a little bit by going faster. I'll I'll drive you as an uke. I'll drive you as an uke. I'll mm-hmm. make you make me move faster. Cuz we after what? After 2 or 3 times we should know which way we're going, right? We should know what movement is. Yes, yeah. I mean, it's not like it's not like we haven't done it a thousand times or a hundred times. So let's get on with it. So if you're going a little slower, I pick up the pace so it pushes you to receive me, and then throw, throw me as okay. So I'm so I'm working both sides of this. As the senior, I'm bringing you up. Pretty soon, I'm going to try to throw you at two and two and a half.
2: And, and then, and then that allows that allows the UK to also learn to relax while this is happening, right. which is a critical part of Aikido. Right. You know, re- you know, relaxation is fundamental to Aikido. I think
0: because this methodology is friendly. So if it's friendly, as it starts to get faster, you can stay uh, relaxed because you feel like you're in good hands with your friend who's now speeding up a bit.
1: Yeah, you've you've negotiated. And that's what this is all about.
2: and Even And then just, everybody can keep progressing right.
1: and, wow. and you've 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 conflict resolution. Your conflict is I don't want to be thrown so hard. The resolution is, hey, it's let me happening. throw you <laughs> let me throw you slower, and then I'll throw you a little bit faster, and I can show you how I move azzuke, maybe so that will help you move faster or you can feel my movement, and then we can stop talking about it and just do it 100 times more and, and faster and harder and, and go, okay. And then maybe you wind back down. If you have a, if you have a 10 or 15-minute bout, you wind down. And you don't go any faster. That, you don't want to beat yourself up or go as fast as you can so you have to sit down and rest. You slow down so you can never sit down and rest Always be practicing. Wow. Don't sit down and rest. Slow down. Slow your practice down. Well, why do you want to, unless you want to sit down and rest, that's a different story.
2: Well, that's just about if you need to throw up. <laughs> well,
1: well, yeah. That's
2: I mean, ultimately practicing this way, you, you are working towards the point where the, the nage can throw full power. Do the technique at full power. The, and the UK can receive the, um, the full power.
1: Right. And
2: everybody walks away and can do it again another hundred times. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, I have, um, as a beginner, I have senpai who are my great friends that I adore who would say, I can't wait to throw you harder. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait. <laughs> and it's because we're not competing. It's like, oh, this is going to be great. I can't wait. I, I right. want to get there. Because I want to be able to do that for my friends and for me, um,
2: it, it's it, 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 and and you can see how it brings people together. And that's actually you know George Leonard, who started me in Aikido, had was a critic of the whole athletic system, the way athletics was structured, as elitist, and it was all aimed at sorting you know out the elite athletes and screw everybody else,
1: make everybody else spectators, yeah, not not doers supporters so, of the beautiful ones
2: that was one of his many uh, very uh, you know good ideas and and that was a great critique and um, you know because if you look at it as a society uh, sure you know let the you know I guess let the elite athletes do that but you see the element of money too enters into it but the the thing is like uh, not to exclude people because as a society you want everybody to be fit. Mentally right. and yes. physically. Yeah. And It'd be great if they all got along.
1: Well, and this yeah. is a li- This is a lifestyle. I was listening to the COVID-19 uh, talks that uh, Bill Maher had uh, just this Friday with, with a doctor. And I thought he was saying that uh, our problem is that, we, that there's all this underlying uh, obesity and inactivity and all of this kind of stuff that just hits these people so when we have these when we have these uh, outbreaks it, it attacks a society that's already already under attack that they're attacking themselves. but more to the point that I want to make is that Aikido is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle that that and what he was saying is that the majority of these diseases that we have are lifestyle. Choices and they're diseases that we choose by the way we eat, the way we smoke, drink, whatever, whatever he was talking about. But mm-hmm. but we have that's what a dough is. It's a path. It's a lifestyle. It's the way. Yeah. It's
2: a practice. It's really it's always practice. comes back to practicing. Yeah, it's not about like what people think you are or what you think you are. Right. You know, uh, it's you just and you can keep practicing it throughout your life, and it's very. Beneficial, and you know, people need to be physically fit and mentally fit, right? Like, you know, like if you're always like angry, it's it wears on your system, you know. Pay a, a, a you know, which is another thing. Like, you you really want to get yourself uh, if you're if you're really trying to develop yourself, you want to be in some you know uh, more optimal state for your overall health, right?
1: Exactly. So, you,
2: if you walk around angry all the time or afraid all the time. You know, that's not optimal for your health.
1: Anxious. Right. High tension. Yeah. High tension.
2: And I think Aikido addresses that too. And I think, you know, so for a lot of people, it has a sort of like a spiritual, um, uh, you know, meaning and, and helps people in that way.
0: I mean, for me, that's definitely true. Um, just because of the way I'm built, but, uh, yeah, so I think you've already answered the, the the next question, and and here is the next question: the practice of Aikido is supposed to lead to personal wisdom. How's that supposed to happen? I think you've answered much of this already.
2: And, well, the, the whole thing is debatable, right? Because there's uh, <laughs> if you if you look across the whole Aikido landscape, you could say, hmm. Didn't do too much for that person, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> show me show me the evidence of how yeah. this stuff's supposed to make us really good.
2: But then, on the other hand, you know, you could say, well, you know what? If they hadn't practiced, they'd be even worse. You you don't know how bad they would have been if they didn't practice. I know that's the case.
1: <laughs> what what I think what I think that when people ask me what what has Aikido done for me. Is I, I don't I don't have to change hats. I can be I can be Joe, to you Rick and to David and to and to Chris and to I don't have to change hats. I don't have to be the I don't have to be the sensei. I don't have to be. I I'm I feel like I'm the learner and the teacher and I just go with what I'm interested in. I love music, so I play music. You know, David plays music. I play music. Uh, these are kinds of things that, that Aikido has allowed me to in, be introduced to the president of the corporation and then talk to the, the, the janitor. And I don't mean that that's, there's these both are excellent people. It's just that I don't have to change hats. I, I can be myself. And that's something that I think that, uh, I, well I think it it's something that happens when as you grow older, but it's also something that that uh you know I've had several friends tell me I don't have to uh you don't have to have external verification of who you are
2: exactly i think that's that's like that's one of the deep things
1: it is wow yeah
2: um
1: so, and Are you I haven't i didn't count I you consider yourself wise now i don't think i i don't think i'm wise <laughs> i I don't go where I'm not wanted <laughs> yeah, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one, so, one
2: should not go where one does not belong
1: yeah <laughs> uh, that's that's the truth, but i i I just think being able to be yourself and enjoy yourself and you know um. Who is that guy's, uh, he's a, he's a religious, he's a religious uh, writer. Uh, and he talks about how Western, Western religions is, is not about a, an elite group or they are working class people. And they, when they die, they go to a heaven and the, the Eastern religions were, were, created by uh, emperors and kings and, and sons of kings and and the worst thing for them to, there was boredom so they have to relive their lives again they have re- reincarnation And he said, but in both cases he says you have to get what they you have to get what they tell you and you only have a short time to do it mm. And that's the point. you have to get it and you don't have long time to get it. There's I have more behind me than I have in front of me, right? So, uh, a good friend of mine. When I asked him when he was 80 years old, I said, "How do you practice, Mike?" He says, "With abandonment." <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> he, he says, "I don't know how long I'm going to be, but I'm going to enjoy myself while I'm practicing," and that's, and that's what I'm doing right now. I'm enjoying myself, and. And I've asked my students to pra- practice with me hard, attack me hard, because I'm supposed to know what I'm doing now. I've done this 50 years. And some of them still don't, but maybe I shouldn't ask them. But, you know, they, they're nice about it.
0: Why don't they?
1: I, some of them do. That's good. I get to – it tests me. It helps me.
0: So, um, this is, uh, I don't know how to ask this question for your sensei's. What was the sense of the wisdom that they imparted to you? How did that rub off? What's that feel like?
1: David.
2: Well, um, I felt, uh, I don't know. They had something and uh, um, I I always thought of it as like they had had a lot of exposure to Osensei and got zapped a little bit and uh, they carried that with them. And when you came into contact with that, you could kind of feel, you know, uh, that thing. And uh, uh, so... Um, You know, I just had a feeling about them like that. And that's how I I looked at it. But also, like, those guys were real martial... Those guys were martial artists. And, um, you know, we saw them in their, you know, uh, older age, you know. But but, uh, I think this is another thing. I, I felt those guys were really martial artists. And they were not aggressive or abusive, well, not in Kanai-sensei's case, and, uh, um, and, uh, so, like, Kanai-sensei was a very fundamentally kind person, just with people in general, and, but you could just look at him and know that this guy was a martial artist, just, he didn't, just, I don't know what it was, and, uh, so it was kind of like experiencing that with with him and and other of his colleagues um that uh, just gave me a feeling about martial arts and about what Aikido was and how you behaved in aikido and you know how you how you looked at your at life and and he looked at life as a place where. Uh, understanding and perfecting Aikido was extremely important and he did it with a, a spirit of very kindness to everybody and I thought that was amazing so that's what I that was my my real role model for understanding martial arts and so I think the way we took that was that you just keep practicing as hard as you possibly can and um
1: hopefully you wind up like that Yeah. starting with mr tree etiquette everything that i understood about aikido was taught through uh, etiquette and that things were done because in reality you're striking at somebody you're punching at somebody you're slashing at somebody and someone could get hurt and you're supposed to be able to control control your emotions control control the setting so you have some sort of what the the term is wah uh, kind of a a sense of of uh of harmony tohei sensei followed that up with he didn't speak to that so much as he showed it by inviting people over uh that were se- more senior to him and junior to him and having us watch how how he himself behaved around around uh doshu the son of O-sensei and the current Doshu who was Waka-sensei when we first met him and, uh, and how we were to behave. He was, he, he had, uh, a sternness about him in his training, but after class we could go and get a, we could go and get a beer and he could talk. We would talk, uh, to very late at night about uh, Aikido and, and life in general. We, when I met Sensei, the, the, uh, the, Vietnam, the Vietnam War was just over. And we talked a lot about that. But then I realized that he was a kamikaze pilot, that, that the war ended three weeks before he was, he was to, to uh, ha- go on his mission. So he was a person that was committed to giving his life for his country. And here he is in Chicago with a a bunch of knuckleheads like us that are trying, he's trying to to, uh, show us Aikido. He didn't shame us in the classroom. He might ask us, you know, why you don't know this or why you don't know that because you're a certain level of understanding. But what he showed us was: be prepared. Come early. Five minutes is early. Uh, be friendly. Like you said, you didn't have to be a. You don't have to be uh, friends, but you have to be friendly. Very, he had de- depth that he spoke to us for twenty-five minutes in in Japanese. And when we left his room, everybody said, "Did you get that?" And they said, "Yeah, he was talking about this," and we all we all knew what he was talking about, and none of us speak Japanese. Wow! <laughs> so it's like what? And he's talking about he's talking about your movement osawa osawa shihan's movements uh, and not the young were like the the waves of a wheat field just kind of moving and that was that's that's the kind of movement you want in your in your aikido the movement of the wind through the through the wheat so he he offered us he was uh, about 10 years older than than uh, the group that the Shihan that came to America, Yamada Sensei and Kanai Sensei and Shiva Sensei. He was, he was a little bit older, some of them more than 10 years older than them, and uh, he was their, their senpai. So he was, he was a little more strict, but at the same time, he always invited us over, he invited invited all these different people and said you know treat them treat them right and and personally things that he told me is again you know you're not a machine you're a human being and fortunately i think i want to just say this that not from tohei sensei but from hiato osawa shihan I spoke to him during a dinner that we were. We both we. I took him out to dinner with, with the son of of Tohei Sensei, and basically he said, "I know you love Tohei Sensei, and I know that you want to keep what he was alive, uh, what he was doing alive." And he says, "But Joe." I want to say to you that uh, Toei-sensei was Japanese, you're not Japanese, you don't have to be Japanese, Joe is just good enough, and this was, this is after maybe once or twice that we practiced uh, over several years, I've, I've known him for probably 20 years when his father was alive and then uh i haven't seen him recently but that was the kindest thing that he could he could say and it sort of goes back to when you you said when you when you call yourself a martial art i never call myself a martial art i say people say oh you're a martial artist i say i i teach aikido (laughs) that's what i do i'm a teacher i'm a i'm a teacher and i and and call me a martial artist, okay, when I'm doing Aikido, okay, I'm a martial artist. What do I call myself when I play guitar? A musician? What do I play when I, you know, I don't do very much when I read a book, a reader? So I, I, I can't. I
0: can't. <laughs> so anyway. Um, that was blessing. <laughs> so,
1: so let's stop there.
2: Yeah, we have. I was about to go further. Uh, (laughs) We run right off the rails.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Joe Sensei. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) So, to focus on on how we grow and with etiquette, because in my mind, as, as a beginner and also someone who is aggressive and wants to tame that all the time, and that's part of my journey, this concept. Of, you say uh, that Tohai Sensei said to treat them right. Isn't that sort of the essence of all the etiquette that we learn? It's about treating everyone correctly, whatever correctly means. Yeah. That's so interesting. It's so, I mean, it's uh, David Sensei, you said to me, I think last week, um, in how you interacted with Kanai Sensei, that there were certain things you wouldn't say you would simply ask as a question because that's the appropriate way to proceed can, can you speak to that for a, a sec
2: yeah the i guess that's what i learned from my senpai one uh coming up but um it was also just um you know the etiquette is really good because it it helps you maintain like uh respect for things and um uh, again, it sort of releases you from just, you know, every man for himself. There's a there's a, a etiquette, well, there's an etiquette hierarchy. So I would treat Kanai Sensei a certain way. And my, you know, my peers another way and, you know, uh, and so forth and so on. But uh, also because, uh, so, but... Um, I don't know how to ex- express this exactly. Yeah, so the so the etiquette system teaches you to be reticent with some people and just, you know, where you are in the hierarchy. But that doesn't mean that you can't raise issues either. So uh, you raise the issue as a question, which it turns out a lot of times you get much more information by raising it as a question than you do by saying, well, my theory is blah, blah, blah. Right. You know? But if you can ask them as a question... Hey Sensei, what do you think about da, da da da? Or, you know, when that happened, and then, then a lot of times you get a much better answer because you sort of haven't over restricted it with your your own gotcha. stuff. Yeah. I mean, if you really want to learn something, you don't need them to know your stuff. I mean, you do. I mean, you're raising the issue, right? But once you raise the issue, you know it's more important that you listen to them than that they listen to you.
0: Is part of that sort of uh, is part of what that sort of baked into the notion that look when I communicate with this other person, whoever this other person is, whether they're at this level or at that level, I want them to feel comfortable. I don't want them to be angered. I don't want them to feel aggression. I don't want it to turn into a fight. The whole right. thing. So that's the thing. Um, that it just, everything keeps moving smoothly.
2: Exactly. It takes so much uh, static out of society. Mm-hmm. People can just interact with each other in a somewhat nicer way. And in martial arts, and particularly in Aikido, there's a, you have a lot of rules about how you roll that out. Right. They help you sort of do it, but it's sort of like a step above maybe what, you know, how people treat each other out in the street or something, right?
0: But that's where the wisdom comes in, sort of like on the mat, that you don't do these things because on the mat translates to what might happen uh, in a truly martial setting where if you do X incorrectly, you're going to get killed or hit. Um, All the way to, if I'm not in the dojo, but I'm on on the street and I have my hands on my hips while I'm listening to your talk, or I have my arms crossed, um, I'm not being inviting.
2: That's, well, I don't know, like maybe in some other ways, but in the martial arts arts etiquette, I learned. And I I think recently uh, I saw a thing about Yoshioka Sensei backing up this point. Um, But um, uh, yeah, uh, so in a dojo, in a class, uh, crossing your arms is very rude. And uh, also like, you know, kind of putting your hands on your hips, same
1: thing. So. um, Don't make big, don't make large movements. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you <laughs> they're know a little, they're a little nervous
2: if you're in if you're in a class learn if you're the yeah. teacher of the class
1: teach yeah you know, uh, yeah that's well it's funny that you said Yoshioka's uh sensei David um I asked him why we do all this why are we why do we do this etiquette he says it's self-defense oh he said, it, it's all self-defense. It's manners. So you, you again, navigate everyday life through manners in the way you deport yourself. And to say, and to go back to mindsets, when you come into the dojo, you, you know, you do whatever you've done out in the car or wherever you, you come to. And then you say, uh, you step into the dojo and you bow. Then you take your clothes off and then you, you get into a white uniform, or thereabouts, maybe black trousers if you want, and then uh, everybody's the same. Everybody's cut down the same, so nobody's. The only thing that's going on differently is in the inside their heads. Externally, they all look alike. Some of them have yellower geese or newer geese, and some of them have white geese. And now everybody buys bleach geese so they can have super white. So, uh, you know this, uh, <clears throat> but you know you gotta. My knees like whitened. Yeah, it's like uh, guilty, <laughs> right? But, but it's a mindset. Then you before you get on the mat, you know, you bow, and some people do a standing bow. Other people, I I think, and I tell my students, if you're late to class, then you you sit and sit on the mat and ask permission. And bow in and then but you know there's all kinds of little nuances if you're in a 200 if you're in a 200 uh, student uh, seminar in the teacher's way over there you know you might have a senior like David would just look at you and say come on in you're just you're just in you but if it was a you know somebody like Hayato sensei you, uh, you would you would go up and ask him to, to come in, that would be my etiquette. Now I push that I push that right to the to the edge. I think that that etiquette is sort of rituals that that make things automatic. And again,
2: yeah, and and that that frees up some of your processing power. I think that's right. That's similar to why if you have a teacher, what the teacher is the teacher is someone who you're going to relax some of your screens, your quality screens, right. And Evaluation screens, you know, really that all your judgments. And so you're just going to like open that up and just whatever they say, you just take it.
0: You're going to be receptive. Yeah.
2: Totally receptive. Oh oh yeah. yeah. That person, not to everyone. At that moment. that's That's your teacher. And then you, you just ride that as far as you can go. And, uh, um, you can. You everybody can. else you can evaluate away but you that's how you you get more information like especially you think somebody has some knowledge that you want to get
0: so from a perspective like look here's a keto here's etiquette here's what we're trying to learn about etiquette while we're learning a keto all of these years that we're doing it is the takeaway sort of from a wisdom perspective is that if you can carry this off the mat and you're still using this cuz you're always the same joe right joe sensei that yeah. life's just smoother
1: yeah and you it's common sense is what sensei would say right that you you have to and then we we argued a little bit about you know well what's common sense well common sense is everybody everybody knows that you know you don't do this but maybe common sense in some other culture. For example, crossing your hands across your chest in China is, in fact, oh, you're very curious, and you're very engaged. And in Japan, it's like you're blocking me, and that's what, and that's what uh, Yoshioka Sensei also said. And oh. so, Tohei Sensei. Yes, and,
2: uh, that's interesting, right? Cross-cultural stuff. Yeah, so so really, even if somebody was doing that, you shouldn't like get that upset about it, especially you know right off the bat.
0: Yeah, that's interesting too, David Sensei. But it's also isn't it also true that like etiquette is uh, as you learn a keto, you keep adjusting uh, and and learning uh, new things and small things and large things, and it's the same case with etiquette, right? That it's not static. You don't learn one set of rules and that's the end of it. So so can,
2: so can I sensei, one of the things he wouldn't tolerate is somebody like, well, he did, but at least making it really obvious they were standing like in a, in, in a rude pose. Most of the time he ignored it, actually, now that I think about it, you know. But somehow it happened enough, like it somebody with their arms crossed or something that he would, you know, he would really get upset. And that was purely a matter of like etiquette in his dojo. And uh, it it was it wasn't uh, any statement about you know the rest of the world, but David, in the Dojo, you don't do it.
1: David, let me ask you: Did did Sensei uh, would would he have preferred the black belts pull pull this person over and speak to them afterwards and say, hey, you know, uh, yeah, this and the this, and so Sensei doesn't have to confront people.
2: Right. Yeah. Usually, usually. But, um, you know, uh, every once in a while, like somebody did something. And I mean, that, this only happened maybe once every 10 years or something, or once every eight or 10 years. Yeah. Somebody would do something that was just an etiquette violation and he would blow up. Right. Right. And um, that, and it, it wasn't ever like anything, it was something meaningful in terms of the etiquette of Aikido and the dojo. Right. Period. So, uh, you know, if you like, if you come in and you sit on the visitor's bench, you shouldn't read the paper or read something while you're sitting there. Right. You know, if that's part of the dojo, if you want to read or, or whatever, go in the lounge somewhere else and do right. that. But if you're, uh, you're observing an Aikido class, you don't do that. You watch the class. So, can't
1: you watch the class on your telephone?
2: Not in those days. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because I often wondered, like, what can I sense? I had was pretty strict about that, like things like that, and especially would come up when people would come to observe class, and uh, you know, because they're they don't know, you know, they don't know what the you know what right. the edit is and so forth, and not you know, I'm sure it's different than what they most of them expect. Um, but, uh, so they would do a lot of different stuff, like, you know, reading, uh, oh, uh, when you come into a dojo, you're supposed to take your hat off. You know, right. Hats. And, uh, right. you know, you just sit, like, that was a bench, right? It was a bench against the wall, the observation bench at New England Aikikai. Right. And, you know, you, you just sit there, and you don't, like, lie down if, like, nobody else is there, <laughs> or stuff like that. That's, That's right. stuff he he was strict about, so he just... Yeah, and the senior students would usually have to talk to the people, yeah. oh, and then, man. yeah, and then, uh, it, you know, it was kind of bad because then like other people don't like you. Oh, you were so mean to that guy when you told him take his hat off. <laughs> said, right. Sorry, you know, I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> yeah, I got to get the guy to get his hat off. You know, because right, you
1: got you got to tell people you got to tell people what the rules are so that yeah. they so that then it's smooth sailing. Again, like you said. It's smooth after you, you know, what, where things go, and it's...
2: Just follow that when you're in the dojo.
1: Yeah,
0: just do
2: that,
1: and...
0: Well, trying to learn that, and then trying to carry like the lessons I'm learning out to the rest of my life has made my life smoother um, in yes. the and a half years that I've been um, with Sensei, and it feels good. I have a long way to go, but it feels good so, uh,
1: it does. It's well, hard. you know, when you're negotiating in your business, you can uh, read me when a person is just kind of stalling around, you can uh, read me or if they're doing something to you, you can 10 con That's right. I you could know, go to you Chicago. I, you, know, you could also go to Chicago anytime. <laughs> anytime you
0: want, really. Um, all right, guys. Or how you can, can come black to black Austin. How many black belts have you worn through?
1: Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I, I gave my... I gave my last black belt to one of my students, um, and I probably wore, wore that one I don't know how long. Right now I have a, a black belt that will fit me if I lose 25 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Is it like a black belt? <laughs> I'm, I'm getting spandex black belts now. <laughs>
2: Okay. Just in case.
1: My my heart is getting, you know, so developed.
0: <laughs> There's so much power.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's it. David Sensei, how many black belts have you worn through?
2: I I really don't know. Not that many. I mean single digits, I would say. Mm-hmm. No
0: mm-hmm. So you guys have taught and practiced Aikido all over the world for many, many years. Um, I guess the question would be, us of an adventure, because hmm. we're on tape. Guy, guy, got to do this. <laughs> tell us a great story from the uh, from your adventures. Tell us something.
1: Well, let me tell you a short one. We, the first time Toei Sensei took us to Japan, we went way, we went way north. It was about, um, it's called Akita, and when Sensei was in Japan, he would travel. He would travel by train all the way up into northern, the northern Japan, but it was on the Sea of Japan side, and he taught there, and he was the he was the um, the teacher there, and then he would come back, and and he would stay in a in a town called Yamagata, where we met uh, where we met Shirata Sensei. So, uh, when we first arrived in Japan. We went to Hombu Dojo, we practiced with the Doshu, we practiced, and that was Kishomaru, because this was in 83. And then we practiced had a special class with Osawa Sensei, the father of Hayato Sensei. And then we did all this stuff, but Sensei was in the background. And so then we get up, we get up to, to uh, Shirata Sensei, was there, we practiced a whole bunch, and we move on, but Sensei's still in the background. Sensei's not teaching any classes. He gets to, he gets to, and he's like, he says nothing. There's no there's no conversation with anybody on the mat. He's on the mat with Doshu, he's on the mat with Osawa Sensei, training with us. And uh, but says nothing. We we go, we go to dinner, we do all this kind of stuff, we have a lot of social stuff. But we get there, and it's so hot. It's so hot, and I'm and I'm wearing uh, just karate-style geese. I didn't want to wear a bunch of heavy geese. I just bought a bunch of karate-style thin things. It was so hot, but more importantly, Sensei was just chattering like a little girl. He was just, he was like sorry, little girls, I don't mean that, but he was just, like, talking, and they were laughing, his students were laughing, I'm sure he was putting down the 22 gaijin that were that were with him, and, uh, but they were, they were laughing and carrying on, and, and sensei would, was teaching, now he was doing stuff that we did, and it was so hot and muggy, because now it's, it's, July. It's August. It's like August the the fourth or fifth or something like that in Japan, and it's so that I have wrung out my gi several times. I I'm squeezing. I'm squeezing sweat off my gi, and sensei sensei comes over, and catches me, throws me down, and I literally splash up. And, and catch Sensei in the eye, and he backs up and and goes, okay, that's enough. And that, that's my first, that's the sweatiest time that I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Aikido, yeah, and that was in. That, that was a great, uh, he won that time, huh? <laughs> <laughs> even, even that one time was great. <laughs> Oh, that's
2: great david sensei that just reminded me of we we watched the rendezvous with adventure uh, <laughs> video recently and uh you know i noticed that uh, when they were doing the rough and tumble that toei sensei got his hakama touring.
1: yeah completely ripped right yeah and, uh, I, I was just thinking god he must have been pissed like <laughs> i know he put, finally put the choke on that guy yeah finally finally yeah that was a, that's a great Rendezvous with Adventure. You no, love that, I I love that series.
0: Yeah, I don't think it shows where uh, the hakama got torn.
1: No, no, I couldn't. I couldn't no. find no. it either. No. I think it no. happened off scene. Yeah, they edited it. No, it was there. Yeah. It, it. He had a full. He had a full hakama, and then, it. It happened. It happened during some, some time. But but but, but, but they may have cut, They may have cut that out.
2: Yeah, because I think you see it, it's not torn, and then right. you see it, and it is yeah, torn. Exactly. And I don't. I at least I couldn't find the moment that uh, he got it torn. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Exactly. David Sensei, do you want to tell a story?
2: I don't know. I. I, I don't know. I'm not. In, I'm not in a story mood. I'm trying to think of one. Okay. Um,
0: It's so hard because you also, there's, there's an extent to which all stories implicate
2: others. (laughs) Well, you know, the, 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 it's interesting about Aikido because, you know, just doing Aikido, it kind of creates good stories somehow. Mm. It's like an interesting little, you know. Oh yeah. So uh,
0: when, uh, when you watch films of Sensei, now what are you looking for? At, this state, at your stage of Aikido?
1: Am I doing something that looks a little bit like what he's doing? <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's get rid of that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's not a good, that's not a good criteria. <laughs> can, can I do that? No, forget that.
2: Are you ever, what the hell was that? I mean, I, it's not like what I'm looking for. I'm not looking yeah. for, I'm just like looking at it. Right. And the thing I, I, I've noticed, I've noticing recently is uh, just the beautiful way he enters every time. Like he just moves to a perfect place. Right. And, you know, his first movement is always just just exactly to a good place.
1: And, and, you, can, and you can also see him misstep. And kind of be off balance yeah, and he he catches himself and doesn't make a big scene out of it.
2: Right. Well, that was interesting also in rendezvous with adventure that at one point they fell down, the two of them. Right. Right. And then toy sensei, you know, so toy sensei fell down. Right. But immediately he got his knees, his feet and knees into a better position and then a better position. And then he stood up. Right. And like, you know, that's, that's real. Like things go wrong. And, uh, the way he uh, recovered from that was really, that was impressive. And, you know, so someone might look at that and not think that was a big deal. Oh, that he made a mistake, you know, but I don't see it that way. And, you know, that's, that's the kind of stuff you, you see, like the, they don't always do it right. Like even Osensei, you know, but the, you can see, I mean, I don't know, you just keep looking at it, you know, and trying to see it because it's, it's still, you know, a little bit elusive wow yeah okay
1: just um. things that he's things that he does the same as what David's is saying is that is not that what i was saying is well am i doing something like he's doing yeah okay i'm doing something like he's doing but at the same time uh he's he's working it's like when we looked at that that tape uh with you david where sensei throws down seven people. Yeah. It's like, what is he doing? And you're looking, there's a, there, you know, he's, he's tying them all up. Right. He ties them all up. You see them all line up and that's kind of, it's like, what is he doing? And, and it's sort of like, uh, Ar- uh Arikawa sensei, when he rolled over and did some of that, uh, Daito Ru Jujitsu or Aiki, uh, Daito Ru Aikikai. Or Aiki, that where he was holding people down. Right. That I like to look at that kind of stuff and observe and go, Yeah, wow. But how do they do that? I'm I'm watching the thing. I don't have a dojo right at hand, so I can't flop on the floor and and get it. But
2: yeah, yeah. Well, that stuff is very hard to follow. Yeah. Actually, this is the first time we've probably had enough time to actually try to actually Excellent. analyze those techniques. Yeah. You yeah. see them, we see them once every thirty years, right?
0: Yeah. Wow, wow. So, well, we're not in the dojo now, but uh, but we are developing. and And sensei's, are you still developing uh, in your aikido? And as you are doing that, what do you how, how do you decide what to think about and what to work on? Hmm. Well. This might be a dumb question.
1: No, it's not a dumb question. It's, it's a matter of curriculum and, and a matter of what to teach. Testing people. Uh, Toei sensei would always say, oh, you're only teaching the test. No sensei, we're teaching other things, but we te- we're teaching the test material, but we're teaching a big, a, a larger curriculum. I'm, I'm always, I, I come to the dojo sometimes with ideas ahead of time and sometimes i come to the dojo and look at see who's there i'm a real basic guy uh, and so i do a lot of uh, basic basic movements and then try to extrapolate from basics but since i don't know who's going to be there but a lot of times i have we have a we have more black belts right now than than white belts. So we we keep it pretty high level, but I'm still doing some very basic techniques. Basic, I mean Shionage Kodagashi, uh, basics. But we can do five different kinds of ko- Kodagashi and five or six different kinds of ges and we can do a whole bunch of things people want to work out people you know they want to get sweaty and do that but that's not really the the main reason it's just keep practicing it's not to just get sweaty and hot isn't the main reason to do aikido you can go bowling and get sweaty and hot ah, yeah Maybe but that's how that's what i look at i just look at my students and see who's there
0: and that's part of your development as you continue on that's part of your development joe sensei
1: yeah it is mm-hmm. it is part of my it is part of my development uh, right now i'm studying can sensei's work right now mm-hmm. i'm looking at david's i'm looking at david and barbara's videos from all the years they've been here uh, i look at uh and they're my they're my models can i sensei is not so much my model i do i do look at him and I model a lot of the stuff from uh, from the 20th anniversary in New York Aikikai when he did those ten uh, developmental uh, movements when David was David in and, uh, and uh, when Sensei was doing that demonstration so oh. I started I started doing that years and years ago not very good at it. Now, but but you 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 recall that that one I don't know he didn't do it with you I think he did it with someone else. But when he was
2: doing the things about showing the atemi,
1: yeah, remember when he was showing? Oh right, okay, showing the punches first. That was Steve Carabino. Yeah, Steve Carabino, senpai. Yeah, so he he was doing that. So that was the first time, outside of Tohei Sensei uh and that was 19 uh that was 1984. 84. i started looking at can sensei stuff there but it wasn't until he well whenever i could go to his classes which would be in chicago or or sometimes i would go to all of his classes at the 30th the 30th anniversary of uh, new york aikikai they had a big that's when all the people all those guys uh, came uh, that was when uh doshu or i think it was waka sensei actually uh, the current doshu was there at that uh, summer camp and i i practiced i so i'm practicing kanai sensei style via via david and barbara mm-hmm. so uh, just a short and Sorry. Let me just let me let, let me just say let me just say, uh, it's it's been good to be the teacher because you know you don't you don't get the shit beat out of you all the time, being the teacher. But uh, when David first came down, uh, he he threw me a couple of times harder than anybody that I've ever I've ever experienced, and uh, it was just it was it was a, it was a wake up call, and it was a it was a really fun experience. So uh that that's i'm evolving with some different movements with with uh uh Kanai sensei stuff via david and barbara yeah so I, i'm I, learning i'm learning from i'm learning from what i would call a dohi not a senpai or kohai but the same same level david and i are the same level
2: yeah i mean this is what we always did really like uh you know we would well joe basically Uh, does his things uh, like Toei Sensei did them fundamentally but you look at other teachers and either you know in class or whatever video and you see I mean it's better in class but uh, you you see elements of the way they're doing things that you can you know incorporate as well or that raise questions that you should answer Mm -hmm. but in terms of my process I mean mostly I'm teaching so but when I teach and i demonstrate a technique i'm sort of evaluating (laughs) how good it is and uh you know what are there things you know the thing issues will come up like exactly how does this movement timing work and you keep noticing it's like it always is in practice you know you're always thinking about it and practicing away but like while you're doing that you're thinking you know what's right what's wrong you know how is this supposed to be done Uh, What am I doing? Uh, Does that match what's supposed to be done? Um, Yes or no? Uh, Correct. (laughs) You know, something like that. So it's kind of the same thing. It's just like when you're teaching mostly, you're doing it through teaching. Although I will say teaching is a hell of a lot easier than practicing. (laughs) But uh, uh, putting that aside for the moment, um, you still have the same process. So you know, uh, you know, or I'll go around and practice with people. Uh, you know, and you and you do it that way, but it's still the same thing. Like I think you're, you're just studying all the techniques and really how do they work and, you know, how do they get applied in this situation with this person? And um, uh, is this oh this thing that I thought was right that I've been doing it this way for twenty years? Oh, I'm not sure it's right. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And stuff like that. And you just continue like that. And I think you just keep doing it that way. And it's, you know, if you're, I think if you're practicing Aikido seriously, you, you kind of are involved in that process, no matter where you are and your, you know, longevity.
0: Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, we skipped a few questions, but we're at the very end of this. We're at question 40. Uh, so this is the last question for this series of 40 questions for Tushihan. And here's the question. Kanai sensei spoke of himself and his contemporaries as being Budo people. Is there such a thing as Aikido people, and what does it mean to be an Aikido person?
1: Budo may or may not have come come across with Aikido. Aikido is a budo, a budo of love. Uh, Toei-sensei spoke of budo. Mr. Tree, his dojo was called the budo education center. So he did a number of dojo, did a number of different martial arts, so he called it a budo education center. I don't know what it is to be, whether they were Budo men. I think David had, a, had they came from a modern classic tradition of a martial art. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and and that, we have nothing to compare that with. We have a little bit, we have an, one individual, Kanai sensei that came, Toei sensei that came, and presented that viewpoint to us. Hmm. And as far as I am concerned, I try to keep that viewpoint alive. But I don't think I don't think that young people or people in general are wanting the same things that david and i were looking for it at the age that we started aikido it was a different time it's a different i want to be known as an aikido person i follow i follow other activities as ways as doughs, my eating I follow a macrobiotic lifestyle, which is energetics with food and what that means. So am I an Aikidoist? Yeah, I would say I think of Aikido most times, most of the time all day long. I see things and I look at it. There's sometimes I get away from it, but it's so exciting. I am so excited right now about the Aikido reality of this new Shinkaze Aikido Alliance and starting brand new, starting as a, as a young group. And, and there's just so much excitement around that and how we can learn how to do this kind of stuff. I'm hoping that we we can gain members, not lose members in this this era of COVID nineteen. Yeah, that that might be the case because
2: you know may, maybe people are looking for something like that, and maybe you know now that things have slowed down a little bit, they can spend a little more time thinking about that aspect. You know, it's mm-hmm. hard to it, it's hard to know. Um, Yeah, when we started, yeah, it was it was a different world. We were very, I think, in general at that time, people were very interested in ideas about, um, you know, spiritual development and ancient knowledge and, um, you know, the 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 disciplines that are in the old ways of knowledge, and 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 stuff like that. And um, so that that very much led to martial arts for many people, I think. And but. You know, Aikido had really that element, um, partly by accident and just where it was in its history, Right. Um, but uh, it, it really embodied that element. You know, like I always think of, uh, you know, at that time, everybody read Carlos Castaneda's books. Right. Or everybody I knew, anyway. Oh, no, maybe it was right. just me. thats <laughs> <laughs> the
1: gym, son. <laughs>
2: but, uh, right. Anyway, I mean, that, I was reading those books around that time. I guess before, right. is it? I don't know, before, yeah, I think I started, I forget when the first one came out, I think was in right. the 60s. Yeah. But um, the thing gradually emerged. And I always thought, I always enjoyed reading those because I saw so many parallels to what I was experiencing in a right. completely different context. Right. And, um, you know, not that the, you know, the crazy, super weirdo things that happened, you know, in his world. Were happening mm-hmm. like that, right? But still, like it, it, it partook of those elements, and yeah, at that time, I think people were very looking for that.
1: Well, it was sort of like the '60s and going into the '70s, and well, um, oh, meditation, meditation, and and uh, uh, eastern eastern philosophies and things like that. Yoga, yoga, you know, yoga is just uh yoga's pandemic <laughs> in the in the in the world you know i mean there's a yoga place every every place but it not first, that there's anything wrong with that yeah and i don't think either it, it's bad i just say that that we never we never had any of that stuff and now there's like i said from beginning from when we started now there's we have several magazines we have digital magazines we've had books we have people writing I don't know of any autobiographies yet, uh, unless you call Wendy Palmer and some of Richard Heckler's work. Well, Lisa Klein wrote a, uh, a biography of Chiba Sensei. Yeah, so you know nobody's nobody has written any biographies, but when you when you write, we are really we are ingrained in American life now, as Aikido.
2: Oh yeah and, it's not going and, completely
1: away yeah and so whether you know we we spoke with Steven Seagal last time bringing bringing a visual image of aikido to the to the pop culture and and some of it worked and brought people into aikido and and then they're on to the you know the next thing but uh You know, Aikido has something to offer people in a very sublime way, and people are so used to being shouted at and screamed at and and pushed and prodded that they don't see that, uh, you know, it's not (laughs) Teddy Roosevelt's stick, but Aikido is quiet but carries a big stick. It's very powerful. It's very powerful. And... And and I spoke to one of my students who is 85 years old now, and he hasn't been with me for 20 years, and he was he came and we spoke, and he was telling me how I got him into a lifestyle uh, uh, meditation, and, and because Aikido allowed him to sit quietly for five minutes before class starts, <laughs> and That's great value. And, and, and yeah, and now he he's been in, he he's been doing Zen Zen meditations for the last fifteen years.
0: Fantastic.
1: So it's, you know.
2: yeah, it's like you know, Aikido is a positive uh, thing in society, and uh, it's it it you know one way or another, uh, it's well worth doing. You know, it's it's just a very positive reconciliation type of thing. So, but is there
0: anything else to add on this notion of, if you can add? What an Aikido person is it, beyond what we've.
2: What uh, I don't know.
0: I, you know that's. Uh, is it too trite a question?
2: I don't know. It's just like I. I don't know how you deal with it at that level. You know, like. Uh, um, do you practice Aikido? You know, uh, it, we're back to that. You know. Um, but but you know what we, what what, what it just made me think of was a story about Kanai Sensei that. Um, we're at this sushi. We're at a sushi bar eating, and a guy was sitting on the other side of him. And the guy somehow I think it was a Japanese guy, and I think they got into a conversation. And uh, the guy was asking him, "What's the difference?" You know, can I sense he had practiced karate to some extent before he did aikido? And uh, the guy was saying, "Well, what's what's the difference between aikido and karate?" And uh, sense? sensei said, well, in karate, it's very hard to open the door, but once you open the door, you're in. In Aikido, it's very easy to open the door, but once you open the door, all you see is a long road. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> that, That's wonderful. Okay, on...
1: On Let that. me just say something on oh. that, Rick. One more thing. I'm sorry to jump in here. but oh, no, please. But, but Tohei-sensei told us, he says, "You some of you come here to think you're samurai. He says, there are no more samurais. <laughs> so just forget, forget samurai. And I asked Sugano-sensei, I said, Sensei, what, what do you think, uh, is it important to to understand uh, samurais he said, "If you're interested in that kind of thing, you can study the history of samurai." But he says, "I don't think it'll make you a better aikidoist." Hmm. So, where David said, "These these are Budo men that we taught that we we learn from."
2: And yeah. I, I think. I think uh, the reference was back to this interview uh, that uh, Stanley Prannon did with uh, Kanai Sensei back in, right? Whenever that was, that was recently we uh, I think right. republished by Aikido Today or Aikido yeah. Journal. Yeah. Um, so we were reading that, and he used that term as I, recall, I and I got to look back to see exactly, but he was using it in a very um, specific way, like to mean I as I recall, I got to look again, but yeah. I think it was more like the training was of a certain style or certain type at that time. Yeah. You're willing to do that. You were a budo man because you kind of understood what went along with that. Yeah. like dealing with Arikawa sensei a couple of times a week. Yeah. Getting your arm broken, (laughs) but sort of thing, you're willing to tolerate, not that you would, not that you would. And he didn't, or, well, I don't know if he did or not. Well, I'm not saying anyway. Um, (laughs) So, um, but just being willing to partake of that type of training, which is yeah. you know it's hard, and uh, uh, I think I think that's what he was referring to, and it does say something like about character, but it's also like something that was at that at that point um, that was so that was after the war and like you know yeah. that trying to dredge up the really good parts of Japanese culture and you know reconstruction and everything, but, uh, um, yeah, uh, you know, there's so many different influences that go into a thing, you know, so many different parts to it. Just got to keep looking at the different parts.
0: So that's sort of like in, 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 so in conclusion, this whole thing about defining Aikido, uh, is, is kind of ridiculous because, part of the joy of Aikido is you don't define Aikido, you keep exploring your Aikido.
2: Yeah, it's some like mystery you just keep trying to solve.
0: Right, so my question was that to, to re, Joe Sensei, to return to what I asked earlier. So my question was dumb. <laughs> if you if wow. give it the appropriate amount of thought, you can't answer the question because it's all an evolution. And that's what the joy of it, to blessedly go along and be with your friends and train hard and uh, try to grow a little bit and act with appropriate etiquette so things are smooth between people and life can be good.
2: Yeah, and you get to like learn all this complex stuff about how to act in a dojo and how to practice and how to do this and how to do that.
1: Yeah, exactly. And when, and when O-Sensei says, I'm the universe, is he really saying, I'm a Budo man?
0: <laughs> I don't know what it means when he said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, god. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. he
1: was a Budo man. That's the funny yeah. yeah, yeah. He was a Budo man, and and he made it. He made it to the universe. And so there's many there's many pathways to to that realization. Well,
0: for another episode, if we explore that, wasn't there three recorded instances of great enlightenment by O Sensei at three very specific dates in time? I think he's described that in his own writings. I have read some of it, and I can't figure it out. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, right.
2: I don't know. I don't know those references. Uh, right. But uh, I think I've. I'm of the mind that when you when you start talking about something that happened to O Sensei or something O Sensei said, it's very important to investigate the pro- the provenance of the right. thing.
1: Exactly. Uh,
2: because I think a lot of it gets. You know, I think there's a lot of Error that gets introduced to it but right having said that I have not you know uh, done super research on the life of Osensei I mean I, I read a lot of stuff but I'm no like real expert at that.
0: do you have any closing moments before we push the button and stop
1: no I don't <laughs> nope I'm good thank you thank All you Rick
0: right. this has been a keto perspectives until next time I am Ricky Berger and this was David a helper, and Sheehan and Joe Birdsong. Sheehan,
1: good evening.